Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lovecast. Jordan, how are you doing? Feeling great, man. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, Jordan, as always. I, Jordan, I have some statistics for you. Are you ready? Lay them on me. Alrighty. Um, so I just want to take a, take a little bit of time to uh, thank every one of you for listening. Um, as of recording, we have like, uh, around 150 uh, downloads. We have listeners in Maine, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Maryland, D.C., Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Michigan, Kansas, Ohio, California. And then we have some um, international listeners in Belgium, uh, Albania and Algeria. So uh, holy shit, Jordan, how do you feel about that? Uh, we're pretty fucking famous. Uh, yeah. To my Albanian listeners, uh, thanks for uh, <laughs> keeping it real in the homeland. Yes. Uh, re reach out if you guys want. <laughs> yes. Love uh, to chat. Yes, um, that is another thing I wanted to mention. Um, this will be in the description, but if you guys have any um, topics you want to talk about or um, questions for us or debates you want to start or tell us how dumb we are, um, you, you can hit, uh, email us at the at uh, lubcast, uh, capital L, capital C, at gmail.com. Uh, again, that'll be in the description, but it's lubcast at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you all so much for listening. Um, we really appreciate it. We're going to be putting out content three times a week we're going to try and do monday sunday like sunday or monday and then wednesday and friday and we're really going to try and switch up and talk about all types of different topics um and stuff like that so thank you all for listening and uh we are coming up we're going to be talking a little mba uh and then we're going to be talk finishing up with some uh ufc all right guys welcome back uh we're gonna uh bring in a special guest now uh ufc expert jared nikem i'm very excited to have him here uh jared how you feeling today Doing good, boys. How are you doing? Doing good. great. Uh, we're so excited to have you here. Uh, we know you know your UFC. Um, I am not very well versed in UFC like these two, so I'm going to be uh, asking them a couple questions, uh, and then we're going to hear their insights and stuff. So are you guys ready to get into it? Let's do it. Ready. All right, so your question of the day. So they were each tasked with uh, picking out their uh, – three favorite fighters or fights for this upcoming uh, UFC weekend on Saturday. So, uh, Jared, I'll start with you. Give me your first one. All right. First fighter I want to see, Alexander Romanov. He's a heavyweight fighting out of I don't know what country. I got it. <laughs> Moldova. Yeah, right. Exactly. I've never heard of that. 15-0, 14 finishes. Uh, he's fighting Chase Sherman, who's – all right. He's on a three fight loss streak, but I, I just want to see him like send him to the shadow realm or something. I'm just so excited for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually, um, I also have Alexander Romanov. Uh, so nicknamed King Kong, uh, six foot two, 240. He's got 75 inch reach. He fights Southpaw. He comes in with uh, six KOs and eight submissions. Um, Jared, I don't know if you saw this, but he reminds me of a young Daniel Cormier. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Less polished, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that. Um, so the thing about DC was he was such a good grappler. He would stick to people like glue, but he also had the hands to just knock someone out, which yes. is ex exactly like Romanov. Yes, um, I agree. Uh, I, I, I noted like he has great grappling uh, technique and speed for his size. Uh, he's got so much strength on him. He's not he's not a skinny 240. Not that there is a skinny 240, but he okay. is. He wears it. You can definitely tell when you look at that, that he's a big man because he is only six foot two. Um, he's going to give up two inches in this fight and a little bit of a, a three inches in reach. So he's going to want to um, either look to shoot 
from a close stance or he's going to either want to get in there and trade a little bit, which we know he has the capability to do. So he's going to, uh, this fight has the potential to be a little bit of, um, a slug fest if he, if he actually, uh, decides to stand in the pocket and trade with them. So I'm looking forward to that one too. That's a really good pick. So six, two, two forty sounds, uh, very Cormier. Like, is that where that came from? Guys just built like a brick. Yeah. I mean, um, well, mostly it came from, uh, the transition into his double leg. He, he has this, like, um, he stands like, and then he just transitions straight to it very quickly, like DC. And then his transitions within when, when they're on the ground, um, he just can really move around this guy's body. Like it's very cr uh, crazy to watch. And I like the way that he just, uh, sort of stays in constant control. So that was part of it too. Um, there's not going to be any other DC. Um, but what I'm excited about is that, um, He's not going to be a fighter that a lot of people are going to be super interested in just because of the, his style. Um, people people want to see, you know, uh, like blood and guts and, and violence. Uh, that's what draws a lot of people to the sport. But uh, the people that enjoy wrestling and technique are going to enjoy this guy. And we know that there's a path to uh, becoming like a winner and, an, and a champion because DC did it too. So I'm very excited to see how this guy's career uh, goes. I'm more of a uh, blood, guts, and violence guy myself. Me too. But, um, me too. <laughs> this guy sounds awesome too. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jared, moving on. Uh, what's your next one? Uh, Chito Vera. He's fighting in the main event, kind of like a, 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 I don't know how to put it, a basic pick. But he's on. He's won three of his last four fights. He beat guys like Sean O'Malley, mm. Frankie Edgar in his last fight. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm just excited to see what he can do against a good opponent like Rob Font. Um, if you know me, Rob Font is one of my favorite fighters just cause he's a Boston guy. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I really, I really don't think Rob Font's going to be able to do much against, against Vera. Um, his last fight just ended, ended Frankie Edgar in like the third round with a front mm -hmm. kick. And it just, if you look at the picture, he just like yes. squishes the dude's entire skull. <laughs> it was insane. It was bad. <laughs> yes. Um, Funny that you should say that because that's also that was uh, my next fight was um, I didn't pick the fighter Cheeto Vera, but he is uh, who I'm picking to win that fight as well. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I missed saw it, but I thought he came in as the underdog. Is that right? Or is he the favorite? Because I believe I Rob Font's the favorite right now. I didn't look, but it's, for me, you look at Rob Font's last few fights. Mm. He got dusted by Aldo, who's I mean, yeah, so did Cheeto. That's his last fight. Yeah, I'll get into into that later. Um, so he got dusted by Aldo. He, and then he went five full rounds with, oh, what's his, uh, Garbrandt, mm. who now just like, does, he has, has like, a no glass chin. chin. Like, how yes. does like, he's got glass. How, how did you not put him away in five rounds? I know. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that's when he was, uh, Rob Font is, um, like you said, Bostonian. He comes in ranked uh, sixth. Uh, he's a he. If I I believe he's a he's a bantamweight. Um, he's one thirty four, five foot eight. Uh, he's got seventy one and a half inch reach. Um, he's 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 giving up uh, a pound to Cheeto Vera, but he's also gaining an inch in reach. Um, I put that he does have heavy hands and good accuracy, but like you said, um, those hands can be called into question because, like you said, Kobe Cody Garbrandt. Uh, Mr. Glasschin over here. I don't know what's happened to him. Um, maybe he got off steroids would probably what it, something has, is probably what it is. Um, but yeah, he's been getting knocked out and 
like you said, Rob Font couldn't put him away. And this is a guy whose specialty is boxing. He's not much of a, I mean, he's, he can handle his own on the floor, on the ground, but he's not um, like a grappler by nature. I would say um, he has a couple of significant uh, knockouts. He has one against Marlon Mores and he has one against Thomas Almeida. I don't know if you've seen that one, but he beats his ass pretty hard. Like he, he knocks him and then he, uh, Mark Goddard, the ref, didn't call it as quickly as he probably should have, and he got his face pounded in a little bit. He has a 42% KO rate, and um, that was part of the reason why I thought that this one might be... Um, this is going to be my personal pick for a fight of the night. Um, and a couple of reasons is that... So if we look at Cheeto Vera, uh, he's coming in at the number 10 ranked bantamweight. Um, he's five foot eight, 135. So like I said, he's given up a pound, and he's uh, losing... Or sorry, he has a pound to give but he's uh losing an inch and in reach um he comes in at a switch stance um and that just kind of shows how good of a fighter he is if i had to describe him with one word it would be violent um he just is good at hurting you uh i guess he just <laughs> he's he uses elbows knees any attack he can to really cause as much damage as he as he uh can and what i really like about him is his constant consistent pressure he uh he's he's he must have he must bike everywhere because his, his stamina is ridiculous. And what he's going to do is he's going to get up in your nose and he's going to get in your, in the pocket and he's just going to push and, and push. And a lot of fighters get uncomfortable trading in the pocket. So, um, because of that, um, he's, it's going to be, you're going to see a lot of exchanges that are very long. Um, and they're going to be very creative. Uh, both of these guys are very creative with, uh, their punches and kicks, uh, more so Cheeto. Um, he, he tangles you up with his long length as well. So you have to watch him as a grappler mostly because 44% of his wins are submission. And um, what he does is he's so long and lanky that he's able to get in between parts of your body and your arms and your legs and wrap himself kind of like a snake and coil you up and trip you up. And he maneuvers around your body. He can flip you on your back and take your back or he can get on the front. So um, you're going to want to, what Rob Font is going to want to do is he's going to want to keep this on the, away from being on the ground. Cause he's going to give up the ground. If he gets on there, that's going to be not a position he wants to be in. And, um, that's why I think this fight is, has the potential to be a really, really good one because we're going to see a lot of people that or we're going to see two guys that kind of need to stand in the pocket and trade. Um, yeah. So I, I, I have Cheeto Vera winning, uh, Jared does too. Um, are yeah, you so, put uh, so Jared, I know you said, uh, Cheeto won three of his last four. Um, but you wanted to get into that one loss. Talk to me about what happened, uh, what you saw, and how that's going to uh, maybe affect uh, what we see on Saturday. So he lost to Jose Aldo. Same thing as Rob Font in his last fight, who right now is on an insane – not on an insane streak, but he's just on a tear. He's just kind of kind of destroying everyone. Mm. Um, so I'm not, I'm not putting much stock into it, but I just remember watching the Rob Font jose aldo fight last fall yeah. and it wasn't even close at any point it was you know 50 45 all the way around mm. so i i don't take it away from cheeto but i will from rob Font, if that makes any sense yes that makes sense okay yeah all right uh we got one more fighter fighter jared yeah so i got the first fight of the night tatsuro tatsuro tyra Versus Carlos Candelario. Um, Tyra comes in 10 and 0, hasn't lost in MMA, amateur, pro. He's from Japan. If you can't tell by his name. Uh, <laughs> Shout out Japan. <laughs> Very good grappler. And he's fighting Candelario, who's 8 and 1. And I don't know if you guys 
watched Dana White's Contender Series? Mm-hmm. Did you, Max? Yes. So this was the guy that – so he's 8-1. and one. His one loss came on Dana White's Contender Series. And that was the guy who got the contract after. Oh, yeah. Which I, know which I remember – I remember watching that, and I thought Candelaria won. It was kind of a close fight. Mm. Gave it to the other guy. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> so – even then, that could be a ten and no guy versus a nine and no guy very easily. Mm. Could be an interesting fight. Yeah. Amazing fight. Yeah. No, I um I I didn't have them on my list, but that's a very very good pick. Um, you they're uh lighter weight, correct? Yeah, I think they're flyweight. Yeah. So usually, uh, what I li- like the flyweights, they have a lot more skill, uh, just power, speed. Not that the big guys aren't skilled, they just um. Uh, the flyweights, they don't have as much knockout power, so they have to rely on uh, their mechanics and the way they hit um, to sort of build up points. And um, yeah, so that the, usually the smaller guys are a little bit more interesting to fight or to watch because there's a lot of skill and technique. Uh, so yeah, I, I really like that pick. That's a very, very good pick. I bet you uh, that's going to be a good fight. And if and if you like grappling, Tatsuro Tyra, I was looking at I was looking at stats on topology. It's all like first, second round submissions, triangle choke, flying triangle. It's just nice. So if, if you like grappling, it'll be a good point. Yeah, That's you might cool. see a guy KO'd. Yeah, all right. Uh, Max, did you have one more on your list? <laughs> I meant to say submitted. Um, yes, I did. I have. <laughs> I had Andre uh, Philly, I believe, or Philly. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, he's 21, 8, and 0. Five, stands at 5'11", 145. He's got 74-inch reach, and he fights orthodox. Um he trains uh, with the gym team Alpha Male. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they have a lot of very famous uh, former fighters and current fighters um, in that gym. They're uh, one of the top gyms in the in the sport right now. Um, they train hard and they train their guys to be really good all around fighters that can give a beating and receive one. Um, he's a featherweight, and all of you should stop. Not stop what you're doing. Keep listening to this podcast, obviously. But when you get a second, uh, you should definitely look up Andre Feely Heights uh, um, highlights because although he's unranked, um, if you like just watching the body do things that you've never seen before, this is the guy you want to watch. He um, he's gonna jab like one of his moves that really uh, like is just so interesting to me is he does this left-handed jab where he'll jab once and then go straight into a crossbody leg kick, like a crossbody head kick, and like the speed at which he does it, um, you, you like if you go and try and do that in your room right now, and you'll see how unathletic and uncoordinated you are, and then go and watch him do it. It's gonna be it, you'll be shocked. Um, the guy he goes straight from um, uh, punching right into shoot, shooting to take the legs and getting you on the ground. Uh, he's a he's one of the best all around fighters I've seen in a while. He's got elite accuracy on his punches and head kicks, as well as elite speed and KO power. Um, this is a fight that you're, a guy that you're going to want to watch and a fight you're going to watch just, just for him. Um, he, he's going to do something interesting, I bet. And, um, yeah, I just, I really like what he does. He almost reminds me of a, not a, I, w- I don't want to say like less creative Sean O'Malley, but one that's like a little bit more, I guess, orthodox would be the, be the word for it. Like he, um, he just, he, uh, there's not going to be a lot of like as much defense on him, but he uh, he's really good offensively, and I re- he's really uh, something I, someone I enjoy watching fight. Yeah, so I, I remember watching him. He, so his last fight, he it was a no contest, right? It was an eye poke. 
Yeah, I or a groin shot, I think. Hold on, let me let's uh, look at, let's look it up real quick. I think it was not, it was one of them, something like that. Yeah, it was, it was definitely ended in no contest. Fight before that was the Bryce Mitchell fight, right? Um. Yes. Yes. So, oh, yes. So Bryce Mitchell beat him in round three by decision, um, and then he fought. Um, or sorry, and then yes, it was a no contest. It doesn't say what it was exactly, but it was forty six seconds in the second round. There was a no contest on his last fight. Yeah. So there's that. But so that Bryce Mitchell fight. Yes. It was three rounds, and I'm pretty sure it was one one going into the last round. And we just saw Bryce Mitchell a month or so mm-hmm. ago destroy Barboza. Yes. So it just kind of shows how good Feely really is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch him. This is actually, for a fight night, it's a really good card if you like watch fighting. Yes, it is. It's got everything. Um, there's so many different styles to the sport, and uh, it really does showcase like very well all the styles. I wish I had a few female, female fights because uh, the females are killers in this uh league i really like watching them go at it they really uh throw down they're tough they could beat the shit out of me any day all of them could <laughs> so uh before we close this out i have a question for maybe our less experienced ufc listeners so um i don't know how dumb you guys are going to think this sounds but uh when you guys say orthodox in fighting uh is that talking about the stance is that talking about how technical someone is uh explain that for me uh it's the stance so um sweet so like so there's orthodox and there's southpaw. So um, if you're standing orthodox, uh, you're putting your, I I I'm now I'm no martial artist. So if we have <laughs> if we have some martial artists in here, let me know everything that I'm. I took a actually funny story. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell this real quick. Um, I went to a, a karate studio called Little Dragons when I was six. Um, okay, love to hear that. And or it wasn't called Little Dragons, but I was in like the program I was in was called Little Dragons. I'm not going to name the studio in case they don't want to be named. Um, and I shit my gi. Uh, when I, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that was yeah. So I I think my dad my dad and I were just like in this tiny little like Manchester, New Hampshire, like uh just tiny city bathroom in this little uh karate studio and I'm, I'm i was in a white gi and i shit it Your bad gi. My gi. Gi. yeah and so, that was that was the last karate i took so but did you go back out there after you shit your gear no did, no did you that, that was the last time i stepped foot in the studio so uh, you couldn't fight through it. yeah so um i believe i'm a yellow belt currently maybe um and yeah, maybe you're a brown belt after that yeah, yeah so now so now probably. i'm gonna tell you guys how to fight okay so after that so yeah, let's um, hear it yeah. Anyways, uh, so I, what I, I th- this is how I uh, made it up in my head, and I believe it's right. <laughs> but um, um, anyways, so orthodox is you have your le- like, uh, maybe it changes with your handedness, but I don't think it does. I'm pretty sure at southpaw you have your right foot forward, and you um, you have your left uh, leg outwards. So you're making okay. think of like an, a backwards L with your legs with your right leg. Okay forward yeah and you're punching with this so you're going to use your right front uh your right fist is going to be your jab and then your left very fist menacing will, right now thank you and your left fist is going to be your crossbody punch and then <laughs> got with, it okay. that's a south that's southpaw stance yeah, orthodox southpaw. orthodox is you switch it so your left foot forward um you're gonna you're gonna um put your other foot at an l and and you're gonna got make it. an actual l shape and your crossbody will be your right hand your jab will be your left hand and then uh switch is um you can do both and then there are cool i believe there's another one um where they 
like Tony Ferguson has a very weird fighting style where he just stands with two foot forward and like looks at you in the face and he's, his shoulders <laughs> are pointed at you. But then when he throws, he'll switch stances. He's one of the craziest fighters Got stylistically it. there is. So, um, and again, I'm going to look more, I'll look more into that and clean it up next podcast. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that's cool. what that is. Uh, but yeah, so if I'm wrong, please email us and let us know. But yeah. Uh, so Jordan. Yeah. If you were to get in a fight with me right now, you would be standing orthodox because you're a righty. Yeah. Okay. So I, I just have my left foot in front naturally yeah. just because I'm righty. But he also said, used orthodox talking about like fighting styles. Yeah. Like an orthodox fighting style would be someone who just kind of is more technical. Okay. It, it was orthodox. Do, yeah. If you talk about like an orthodox fighting style, it's not so much the spinning crazy. Got it. Crazy. Yeah. It's more just. Okay. What do you think about a, a, a fighter? Yes. Cool. Exactly. I would say like, it's like, um, you watch sugar Sean and he's like anti-orthodox. He's like dancing around and unorthodox would be the other word for that. It. Yeah. Yes. That, <laughs> 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 there you go. <laughs> See, this is what I'm telling you. You guys do not need to listen to my opinions. Cause I am just not a smart person. <laughs> um, All right. Well, uh, but yeah, so, um, I, I'm, I, like Jared said, I'm really, really excited for this card. Um, I think it's going to be something that's, it was a little bit of a treat for it to be a fight night. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. Well, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Jared, thank you so much for coming on. We hope to uh, have you on in the future. Thanks boys. Thanks for having me. All right. Bear. Oh, and we're back. Um, I fucked up bad and I deleted, or I didn't delete. I just didn't record um, the last like 40 minutes of just, wonderful basketball knowledge uh and just a beautiful analytical conversation we had about basketball with just three great friends um it was it truly was special and i'm sorry you guys aren't gonna be able to bless be blessed enough to hear that but i fucked up bad and deleted it my apologies um but we are gonna switch up the segment a little bit so that way you're getting some fresh content um we're here with connor and uh andrew from the gambling couch uh welcome boys how you doing thank you for having us thanks for having us doing good doing good Alrighty, uh, we're going to get into our top five players remaining uh, in the NBA playoffs right now. Um, we're just going to talk about them. Uh, yeah, so why don't we all go through and give our number or our, our top five real quick, and then we'll in do order, it. in order, in order. Yes, in order. Yeah, let's hear. I think uh, if we hear Butsy first, and then we can all uh, debate. Yeah, jump on um, him. Yeah, we'll just him uh, crush him. That's so fine. I think That's that'll so be fun. good. Rip him apart. Yeah. Um, I got Giannis one and B two, Tatum three, Curry four, D book five. That was my exact rank. Fuck you. That was my exact. Is it actually? <laughs> yes, that was my exact ranking. Rips a fucking sheet of paper. Like, all right, this is done. This is done. Well, let's talk, let's talk about it. So, why 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 did you have that? Um, I think Giannis is the most dominant player in the league right now, but I also think he's the best player in the league right now. Um, yes. I don't think that really needs a lot of mm-hmm. no uh, talking. Yeah. I think everyone should have Giannis one, and I think if you don't, he has to be two. Yeah. Um, only, 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 only player I could see going over Giannis is Embiid. Um, that's why I have him too. I think Embiid is. Um, I think he should have won MVP this year if he stayed healthy. Um, and it kind of finished the season strong, but he didn't. Uh, that's why I have him two. Tatum three, just because of the way he's playing team basketball. I think it's really um, a different version of Jason Tatum what we've been seeing, and I think it's why the Celtics are winning is because. He's kind of grown up a lot. And he's a man now, not a 19-year-old kid, knows how to 
win games in the playoffs because he's been there a bunch as still a young player. Curry four um, on any literally any season um, besides this one, I would have Curry at probably three or two. But I just think that Curry hasn't been Steph Curry. Um, I think he's still coming back from his injuries. And I think he has to um, – although the Warriors are, like, you know, finding their 2016 ways, I don't think they're fully back yet. <clears throat> and I know he took over last night, literally hit three threes in, like, two minutes. Mm. Um, but I still have him four. And D-Book five just because D-Book's a pure score. And I think he can put up 35-40 on any given night. And I think that he needs to be healthy if the Suns want to have a legit chance of winning this thing. Okay, I actually fucked up. I had uh, I had the same as you, but I didn't have Embiid. I had um, Luca over Embiid because. Ooh. Yeah, but sorry, Jordan, you go. Okay. Go. Yeah, so I have two issues with this list. Uh, <laughs> first of all, you have to have Steph Curry above Jason Tatum at this point in their careers. Uh, I think. Steph... I thought we were talking about remaining players. I thought not in the like in their careers. We are. In their careers. We are. I'm we are. But you know, we know that Steph, fully healthy, is the one of the best players in the league he's the only person that's better than him right now is Giannis in the playoffs but is he there's but no he? player that you'd rather have in these playoffs going forward than Steph or Giannis those are the well, two players you want okay okay hold on I push back on that a little bit because I think if we haven't seen Tatum peak um I, I saw that he's a better player it's more that he can do more on the floor uh like just physically because he's like he's like he has a different body than Steph. Um, he he's going to be more of a nuisance on defense, and then he's also going to maybe he won't contribute as much as Steph. But I think that he, that evens out him. And I I I had Tatum third and Luca second. Um, and I think the reason I didn't have Embiid on my list was because he's injured. But I think I think Tatum uh, is going to be more impactful than Steph just because um, one they have three like the warriors have three players that are going to be not ball dominant but are going to be like uh more important in the scheme of things and that's going to kind of take their take the pressure off of Steph whereas Tatum really the only other elite player on the team like in terms of level like Clay and uh Steph are here St- Clay Steph and Draymond are here right and then like Tatum Tatum only has Jalen Brown that's on that other top level I mean Robert Williams is a level below so that's why I think okay, Tatum I want to hear I want to hear what Andrew has to say and then I'm yeah. going to respond to that so the only thing, well, obviously, like if we're talking about best player, um, obviously, like Curry would be higher because I mean, obviously, Warriors aren't winning anything without Curry, but I think they can still make some sort of run without him. I mean, but I, I don't think they're winning it, winning at all. So obviously, <clears throat> that's kind of like a question of that because I mean, if you're comparing Curry and Tatum, I mean, you take Tatum off the Celtics, they're probably getting swept by the. Yeah, that's like not maybe well, not swept. Okay. But like they're 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 gonna they would struggle. I mean, that's the because they, they don't really have like a closer like Tatum. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Brown's he's very good, but he hasn't really established himself as that yeah. that guy who when it's four minutes he's got the ball and he's that guy. So, I mean, the Warriors have three dudes that they can go to. Yeah. Okay. I so, think uh, I think you might have just proved my point for me. It's not about who has the better team. It's about the question was the top five remaining players in the playoffs. Yeah, that, that's Curry, why I said. If Steph Curry's a better player than Jason Tatum, he is higher on the list. Uh, yeah, Max, what do you want? I'm, I'm just arguing that Tatum <laughs> could do more on the bat. On the, not more like, like uh, okay, Steph Curry uh, created the game, the modern game of basketball as we know it. Not mod- like in terms of the last yeah. like five years, he changed the entire game. He does shit that I've never seen before. 
yes, okay. But I'm saying right now at the comparing them like right now, April 28th, I'm thinking Tatum is better than Curry right now. We just watched him guard Kevin Durant, arguably one of the greatest scorers in, of all time. We just watched him lock him up while doing like while contributing heavily on offense and, and being efficient at it as well. I don't think like Steph didn't do that. Yeah. And, if you're saying who had a better first round series, sure. If you're saying who do you want going forward throughout these playoffs, you I'm have Tatum. to take Steph. I mean, I think you can you make can't. the argument though that Curry had a better had a better series. You could make that argument. I would say Tatum you, did, but he was coming off the bench and yeah, he was scoring more points and even played minutes. So like, I know. I mean, that, he was he had a more efficient <laughs> one, but I think I think Tatum overall on his impact on the floor, he had more impact. He had. Uh, oh yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yes, I've done it longer too. And in terms okay. of if I want someone on my team, and I'm going to be talking about who the best player is, I want that that player is going to be the most impactful. I would assume, right? The best player would be the most impactful. I disagree that he's more impactful, but that's fine. Let's move yeah. on. All right, we disagree. We disagree. <laughs> the other problem I have with Butsy's list, and I want to hear what Butsy has to say with, about this, is Devin Booker. I I don't think Devin Booker is the best player on his own team. Uh, go ahead, Butsy. Um. I think he's the most talented player on that team. Um, I think Chris Paul, my former list that I just completely blanked on Steph Curry, left out like Curry. Uh, I had Chris Paul, but I I really like Devin Booker, and I think that he really elevates the Suns to the next level. I don't think the Suns are the Suns without Devin Booker, but I also just think that Devin Booker is the arguably number two or three on top scorers in the league. If you're talking pure scoring, I mean he's he's number two. I don't. Yeah, I think Katie's one, and I don't see anyone scoring the ball as well as he does. Um, you know, he can hit threes, mid range. He attacks the rim well. He does everything really well. Um, if we're going just purely off pure talent wise, I think Devin Booker's a top five talent in the in the league, or not top five talent in the league, top five talent that's left. Um, okay. Yeah. So I also had D book five and Jordan, I just want to know who you, who did you have uh, five instead of D book? Yeah. What was your list? Jordan? What was your you want to hear my list? Yeah. It's let me hear the list. Giannis, obviously. Yeah. Then Steph, then Embiid, then Luca, then Tatum. And I have Chris Paul six and Devin Booker seven. Okay. So do you think in, in, in so I'm accounting like this injury that Embiid is struggling with, this is not something that's like going to go away very quickly. It's like, it's a shooting hand injury. I'm, yeah, uh, it's it's obviously it's hard to to rank guys that are playing through injury, but I'm yeah, still it's taking. Tough. I'm yeah, it's still taking this version of of Embiid over. I mean, over Tatum, all these other guys. Yeah, yeah, I, I think yeah. Embiid's better than. I, I think yeah, so. how yeah. I, he 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 uh, defensively he's he gets lost. He zones out and he he loses his man sometimes and he gets, he tied Tatum has great stamina. He, he plays hard throughout the entire game. And I, although you see him like tired, you don't see him huffing and puffing like Joel, like Joel Embiid genuinely has a tough time staying on the floor, especially yeah. when he's carrying the offensive load, which he has to be, he but has to be doing recently due to James Harden, not producing offensively. Tatum's also not seven feet. Like fucking however he's heavy close. he is, you know what I'm saying? He's too, he's, but he's not, but he's not, but he's not, Tatum's the not the unstoppable is. score that Embiid is. Go ahead. Fuck. Uh well, Embiid, I was Embiid say, just won the scoring title. Embiid just won the scoring title, say, right? Yeah, you compare if you're comparing Embiid and Tatum. I mean, Embiid's like the closest thing to Shaq. Like, I mean, Shaq was never considered one of the most uh, or one of the best players in terms of stamina. But I mean, when they're on the floor, even if you're getting eighty-five percent, ninety percent of Embiid, I mean, he's still seven-two. He's just taller than guys. Yeah. And, 
the fact that he's able to hit threes at like the clip he does and just shoot the way he does. Also, too, it's really hard to like you can't just flip them based on if we're just talking about best players. It's hard to just say, well, he has a banged up thumb. Like I'm gonna drop him down a point because it's just hard to do that with this. But yeah, I, mean, I agree. It is. I think it is to hard. to segue into kind of the the discussion that Jordan brought up, how he's not even the best player on his team. Like with my list, or we're talking about Devin Booker. And, um, like my list from five to one, or I'll just do a one from one to five. I have Giannis, Giannis Curry. <laughs> And Bede, Tatum, and I have Chris Paul. Um, I have Chris Paul just because, I mean, the team doesn't roll with. I mean, I think the team could still make a little happen if D Book is out. Um, I think Chris Paul could find a way because he'll just take more of that scoring role. Um, without Chris Paul on the floor, they don't have a ball handler. Campaign has shown he can't really be that guy, mm-hmm. and they've struggled like mightily. And honestly, without Chris Paul. DeAndre Ayton's kind of like he's neutralized. That's yeah. he makes it all happen for him. That's a very opinion. good point. I think not only I mean obviously Ayton gets the biggest benefit, but every player on that team gets elevated by Chris Paul, and I don't think you can say the same about Booker. I think Booker gets elevated by Chris Paul as well, uh, mm-hmm. and that's why I have CP over Booker. And then yeah. I have probably Luca right outside at six. And honestly, the only reason why I dropped Luca was because. His team was up two one without him. Yeah. So like don't yeah, wrong, I think yeah, I agree. Thing, but that was just part of the reason why. Nothing that he did. But yeah. The Mavericks the Mavericks proved that they can win without Luca. They proved that they don't need Luca to win. They're playing a big jazz. They're playing a beat up jazz. Yeah, I was gonna well, say I mean, I think a big part missing? of it is no, the no jazz. Well, it's a shitty jazz team. It's not more it's not yeah, as much beat up as it is. It's just a bad, it's just a bad jazz team. It's more just exposing kind of what their problems are and it's yeah. kind of just on the grand scale of the playoffs. Um, okay. Well, I, yeah, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. And I think <clears throat> I like I, Chris Paul, like, okay, I haven't, I don't know if I've done my list yet, but I'll just run through it real quick. Um, I had Giannis and then Steph Tatum. Um, and then I had, uh, or no, sorry. I had Luca. Well, Tatum and Luca, I'm kind of torn on. Um, I think because Tatum is a better two-way player than Luca is just on the defensive end of the floor. Um, Tatum, Tatum doesn't get lost anymore. He he's engaged and he's focused yeah. and he he's intense and he brings it. Uh, Luca still um, sometimes he's like there's been a couple of plays that I've watched where he's been complaining to the refs and got back cut back door cut on and that just can't happen. I know Tatum complains all the time too and it drives me nuts. But uh, Luca like he kind of doesn't he doesn't put any effort not not like zero effort but I'm saying like not 100 percent effort on the defensive end where Tatum does. So that's why I kind of have a. Uh, tough time because I think Luke is probably a better offensive player than Tatum is. Um, so I kind of have them stuck between three and four. And then I had um, five. I, I wrote down Chris Paul and Devin Booker like between each other. Um, the thing is, is that I, I agree that Chris Paul is uh, is like is going to be extremely important to this team and um, he's going to change the series. But uh, D book also like he's extremely efficient and how he, and his scoring, he doesn't get a lot of touches and he produces on those. Um, I, I just like him. And I also, I, I, he has a little bit of that Kobe Mamba mentality to him. I know he studies him and, uh, he's obsessive about, uh, his ethic like Kobe. And I just think that, uh, when it comes to crunch time, crunch time, that's going to be really impactful because he also brings it on the defensive end of the floor. Um, so yeah, that was just kind of my thoughts on that about Booker. I think he should get a little bit more love. Yeah, I think that debate's super tough because they play together. Yeah. Uh, 
in that, I mean, I'm I'm still gonna take Chris Paul. Uh, you may have convinced me on Tatum over Luca. I think that's a lot closer now that Tatum's playing like this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I think uh, the one you guys, uh, Max and Butsy really missed on, I think is Steph. I think you guys are way underrating Steph at this I've point. Too. I agree. I I I probably underrated Steph, but it, you have met two Max. Yeah, it was Giannis, Steph. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's almost it's almost like one of those things where it's like Steph has been good for so long, you almost take him for granted a little bit. Yeah, it's like how they always want a brand new MVP. Like LeBron should have probably gotten a bunch of them. Um, it's I like you th- always want kind of that new guy, new kid on the block or whatever to enter the five. When it's like, I mean, Curry's just been doing this for way too long. He's that guy, and he's doing this off the bench because they have a luxury because they have Jordan Poole, who's yeah. not as good as Curry, but I mean, if you're going to find a replacement, probably the best one you can find. Yeah. Um, I think, I think like I just was more impressed, I guess maybe I'm reading into the first round more because it was Kevin Durant that he stopped. And I just like, I didn't think he could do it and he did it and he did stop him. Like he, that Kevin Durant did not have a great series. Um, yeah. And that was because of Tatum. And I think maybe I'm overvaluing that, but that's why that's that's what's swaying me to put me put him up there because um as great as curry is like you said he came off the he came off the bench so um yeah i i just i think i was just more impressed with what tatum did first round yeah okay uh does anyone have uh any last thoughts on the top five oh i just i just think that the top the top five debate is so tough right now yeah um because yeah. i think especially in the playoffs in the regular season you can just kind of see like talent like it's a lot more the regular season is a much better time to evaluate talent than the playoffs, I think. Because I think in the regular season, it's just the guys that are putting up the most points, the best players. Yeah. Um, but when you get to crunch time, when you get to the playoffs, like team basketball matters so much more. Defense matters so much more. Making the little plays matters so much more. That's why Grant Williams and fucking Al Horford are like the best, are, like the most important players in the Celtics right now. You know what I'm saying? Like they've been playing intricate roles. Like everyone plays like intricate roles in the playoffs. Um, so it's a little different, you know, tough to rate a top five um, talent wise, but yeah, no, it's just, it's just, a, it's a great debate. So if we're rating defense so high, um, that we should be bumping Tatum up because he's <laughs> he, uh, he did, like, he okay. did. here's Go. the thing. If, if the playoffs is when the defense is more intense, that should mean it's a better time to evaluate players. players. I was about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> because then you get to see who, who's really like that. Like, we got to see some guys get exposed, uh, namely guys like Donovan just not playing yeah, well. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I mean, your point about uh, Tatum, Max, I get it. The defense is unbelievable. Uh, he guarded KD. That's like I, it's... I know, I know, but uh, we still have to see more. It was four games, and we had clearly yeah. a, a better game plan uh, and a better overall team. So, and I have him fifth. So I think I have I still have Luca fourth, and then Embiid, Steph, and Giannis. I, I like my list. I'm sticking to it. You know, I what? could say that Tatum could be one series away from leapfrogging Embiid. He could be one, and honestly, yeah. too, it could just. I mean, Embiid might get knocked out with the class right here against the Raptors. not i mean i'm not sure what's gonna happen but that, them, but that doesn't but, but that yeah. doesn't that doesn't say how good he is you know what i'm saying yeah i mean no it doesn't say how good he is but it's just like you can put up 40 and they can lose yeah well, no i i agree but it's like at the end of the day it's like if tatum puts up 40 and his team advances to the conference finals it's like does that make him the better talent 
Well, the thing that's going to happen is when he loses, you're everyone's going to say that it was because of this injury, but then you're going to say that he's good regardless of this injury. But no, the uh, injury is hindering I, him. I, I, would, I would say that, I mean, I think for years, I don't think people have blamed Embiid. I think no, it's not his fault. I people, agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think people will knock him for that. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that, like, A, they don't have a number two. Harden is at this point a facilitator and a three at this point in his career. Maxi's. He's a good player, but he's not a two. He's and young. I think personally, I think Doc is just kind of an overrated coach. He's just kind of a name coach at this point. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. Um, I'm all. I guess all I'm trying to say is that I think like maybe a hundred percent Tatum is better than a eighty percent Embiid. That's kind of what I was saying. Um, but yeah, no, I, I. Like it's like you said, it's really really hard, and I think honestly, now that you guys may have actually swayed me on Tatum, I think um, I really want to see how he he's. I'm assuming he's gonna uh, maybe take he's gonna take Giannis. I think what they're gonna do is throw multiple looks at him, and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if either Robert Williams or Tatum, and there's gonna be actually Smart guards Giannis really well. So I almost wonder if they're gonna throw a lot of uh, Smart on Giannis, but um, depending on that, I think I think you like what Andrew said that. Um, this round is going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, really big and seeing if Tatum actually took that leap to maybe being the yeah. second or third best in the uh, remaining. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, I guess uh, we got to see how much we disagreed with each other here. Yeah. So that was fun. Well, that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you, guys. No, that was great. Um, I'd probably put Curry above Tatum on my list, mm. hindsight. Um but I think I, I I still think Embiid's better than Tatum at the moment, um, talent wise. I just think that he's a seven foot, just beast of a human that can do it all on the floor. Yeah. Um, and obviously Giannis won. I think we all think consensus. Yeah, we all. We all I think that's a for everybody. One. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, Andrew just sent us. We we're recording during the uh, draft right now, but he sent us the first five picks. Uh, we're gonna do a live reaction to that. Is that okay with you guys? Good yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, all right. So he said first one. Wait, why don't you, Andrew? Why don't you read them off? Uh, who? who all right. So like what team took who? Yeah. So we had um, to the Jaguars. We had Trayvon Walker. And the mm-hmm. Lions took Aiden Hutchinson. The Texans took uh, Stingley, the cornerback from LSU, and then the um, <clears throat> the Jets took Sauce Gardner, and then the Giants took Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, I mean, definitely there's always a bunch of talk about number one, who's going to be one. It was yeah. Hutchinson for a while. And then it ended up being Walker. And the yeah. big debate between them was Hutchinson was so safe. Mm. I mean, six, seven, he like did amazing on like the cone drill. Mm. Um, and then Walker's kind of that just like physical specimen, a little bit riskier, but he has that higher upside. Yeah. Um, and he's a Georgia sec guy. I mean, they kind yeah. of pump, they kind of pump D linemen out. Uh, um, and then another really big surprise was, Sauce Gardner going yeah, for it. Yeah. Stingley. Um, personally, I've always kind of liked Stingley. I mean, when he was a freshman on that championship team, yeah, he was considered the best corner in football then. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't go wrong with either one, but they're both great players. And when you're that high, you just choose your guy. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, the the interesting thing to me, so the prospect I was most familiar with was Kayvon. Me too. Uh Talk to me about Kayvon, Andrew, because he was for a time he was uh, supposed to be the number one pick. Is that right? He was he was supposed to be the number one pick for almost the whole year, and the, the season kind of hurt him a little bit. 
Um, a lot of people questioned his motor and some of his work ethic. And I mean, the Giants could be getting a steal at five if he pans out because yeah. he has upside to be the best player in the draft. Um, however, they are going to have the same issues on the O line. I mean, they have the tenth pick, but I thought it was a really great opportunity to take um, Evan Neal um, out of Alabama with a tackle. I mean, they've struggled with O-line for so, so long. And, yeah, Kayvon can be the top player in the draft, but it's like when when is it enough? When are you going to just keep letting Saquon get drilled behind the line? When is Daniel Jones just going to stop getting drilled? You know what I mean? He's fumbling so much. and Yeah, so Kayvon to the Giants, uh, amazing player terrible fit is that what yeah it's we're thinking? not not uh, I, I i wouldn't say it's a bad i wouldn't say it's a bad fit i just didn't thought, fit oh, their needs probably a, a right. bigger need i mean it's like a, listen you can't go wrong the thing about the draft is if they thought Kayvon was the best player then you have to take him and obviously yeah. i'm not the one doing their draft boards or ever because he has potential to be the best player in the entire draft because he was the number one on all the boards coming into the college football season last year and throughout most of the year so I would have probably gone O-line, but if they go O-line and get one of their guys um, at the 10th spot, then it's not as big of a concern. But if they go ahead and get some wide receiver or something or something stupid like the Giants typically do, then there's bigger problems. So yeah. the Giants have the 7th or the 10th? Uh, they have the 10th. Or sorry, they have – They have. I'm actually incorrect. The Jets have the 10th. Yeah, I think and the Giants the have Giants seven. have – They. The Giants have 7 from Chicago. Yeah, so they're actually up right now. Oh, so, okay. Who did Carolina funny, take? It's interesting. It's, uh, so Carolina just took Ikema Conwu, the NC State tackle. So they didn't go quarterback, which is interesting. So mm. Seattle's behind at nine, who they could potentially take a QB. But yeah. I think the Panthers made a smart move. I don't think they're. I don't think a quarterback in this draft class really changes anything for them, and they have a pretty weak O line. So but the Giants the can still go O line here. They still can right now. So. so this is going to be a big draft for them. Yeah. That Wow, that's going to pay off. Yeah, let's see what the... I mean, if, if they get Kayvon and, let's say, an Evan Neal, those were two guys yeah. that were rumored to be number one overall picks at points. Yeah. They they must have they must have thought that... Um, Kayvon was going to fall? Dude was not going to... Kayvon was not going to drop to... He, they must have thought that he was not going to get to wherever their fucking second pick was. At 10, you said? No, not they, 10. That's a Jets. Seven. Seven, seven yeah. Um, um, whatever team was drafting after them between, uh, I don't know who that was, who was, who was picking up uh, the Carolina. Carolina. They must've had some eye on, um, on my boy. Well, they, they I thought they were going to take QB. Um, I have a, do you think Atlanta takes a quarterback here? Um, personally, I, I, like, I don't, I don't think this is a draft where you really need, especially where they're at at eight, like. The only guy I would take is Malik Willis, but I I think like just the smarter thing is if they, they match up, I mean, there's been two corners off the board already, so I could see them going receiver. They really need a receiver bad. Yeah. I think they have to go Malik here. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, when you're, when you have this high of a pick, yeah, they, I think they have to go Malik. Uh, I know he's, he's not the stud prospect you want him to be, but you need a quarterback and you're not going to always have this opportunity to take the best quarterback in a draft. I think you snag him. I, uh, I'll like, I'm a, just, uh, what's the word? I don't know what I'm looking for, but I'm a Steelers fan. Uh, I want to, I want us to take Malik Willis personally. Just, I mean, just to interrupt the giants pick is in and they did take Evan Neal. Wow. Okay. Wow. Great that, pick. So that's good a great job pick. By the giants. So, um, I mean, I thought the giants kind of killed it. I think yeah, they did a pretty yeah. good job with their first Absolutely two picks. Killed it. 
That's great. And at the end of the day, like you can have all the flashy guys, weapons, wide receivers, everything like that, but you got to build it from the interior. I agree. Um, I, my favorite pick was Hutch to Detroit. Um, I think pretty, I I thought that was going to happen. Uh, Michigan kid going back home or into the back to the area. Uh, I love that pick. Uh, he's not, he doesn't have the ceiling of Walker or yeah, the ceiling of Walker, but, um, I think that, uh, he can really, um, be, be, be something special for this Detroit offense or defense rather. And, and, uh, he's already more polished right now. So, yeah, he um, he, I, he's someone that I think can come in and start to make an impact. And, uh, you know, I, I love the coach of the lions, so maybe he can get something out of them. Um, all right. So I think that was good. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here and catch the rest of the draft. Um, just want to say, I'm going to go out about you. Sorry, Max interrupt, but I'm going to go turn on the fucking sun's, uh, sun's Pels game right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I got multiple screens there, so don't, don't worry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm no peasant. Uh, Right now we have the Sixers beating the the Raptors by twenty two. Shit! So, wow! Oh my god! Wow! The okay. the third. So. Oh and, oh um sorry. And Max uh, stepping up. There you go. Um, you guys hit a reverse parlay. Oh, we did. We, did. we hit we a did. reverse. No, parlay no, we no 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 not us not like just me and Fike like we as a yes yeah. we did completely missed we, we completely did. missed we missed uh, so bad that we're good. Like that's how like that's how bad. Yeah, my uh my guy JD Davis had a had a base hit, <laughs> double robbed from him. Yeah. Two time goal over back to back years made a diving catch on him. Yeah, so uh, Dodgers had like, like, like Dodgers had like four errors in the bottom of the eighth to fucking lose. So that was great. We, that was we can all make, we can all make excuses. Um, I think I mean, it was. Oh, no, it was a fabulous. <laughs> no, it was a fabulous loss. If I'm gonna take a loss, that would be fantastic. Yeah, loss. I want it. I want it to lose. <laughs> yeah. I want to lose, man. That's what <laughs> yeah. we. Yeah, that was. Uh, that was, you know, you're only going to get that here. So tune in. <laughs> nowhere, uh, else. Nowhere, nowhere else hey, are you well, going to get. Uh, do we want to give out a pick, uh, each a pick for tomorrow? I know it's kind of off the, on the spot. Yeah, let's, but I mean, let's do. Uh, any, any particular? Uh, I, I have one queued up right now. Yeah, give me one. Do it. Um, I got T-Wolves tomorrow plus one. Um, I like it. This is your classic. It's 3-2. T-Wolves are at home. And... That's just such a sucker line, and I think this series has been way too even. Yep. Um, I yeah, I agree it, with that. The T Wolves should be probably favored by. I mean, we two or two yeah. and a half. We talked about this for like fifteen minutes already. You know, prior to the the non, uh, yeah, the, the miss recording, the miss hit button. Sorry about that, boys. Um, my pick for tomorrow. Jesus Christ, I have no clue. I haven't really looked yet, to be honest. So why don't you come back to me last? Um, okay, I don't have one uh, for tomorrow, but I have one for Saturday. Um, my pick. Can... Uh, hello, everyone. Sorry about this. Uh, the audio cut out at the end, but uh, that pick that you guys were all waiting for me to give, uh, it was Cheeto Vera uh, to win. Yeah, so uh, thank you all for listening again. Um, I really genuinely appreciate it. Uh, you guys are the best. Um, we're just going to be working really hard to put out as much content as we can. Um, this is a great group of guys and, uh, yeah, this is going to be a really fun project, I think. And, um, I just want to say and let everyone know that, you know, who reached out and supported us and, um, I was flooded with kind words and I was not expecting that. And, uh, I just really genuinely appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, thank you all for all you do for me. I love you all. Peace, love and happiness and all that shit. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.